hello, this is Toothy Toad. We have the honor, and I say this, the honor of having two special guests on with us today, uh, Irene and Katrina. They both are the women of Tooth or Dare. Ladies, what's going on? What's up? Hey, how's it going? We've been... We've Irene, been... are you going to say it? Do Irene. we have to do the thing? You have to say... Hi, Katrina. Oh, my God. It. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? Oh, you live my best life. <laughs> <laughs> that's our that's our thing. We do that thing He's, every episode. I love it. This is <laughs> it's like the most sarcastic. I'm living my best life ever. It's like I because she never flooded. My HVAC stopped working. My dental chair broke, but I'm still living my best life. That's yeah. amazing. Wow. See, they, you. as you guys can tell, they have way more energy than we do. So we gotta step it up tonight, guys. We really, really, really <laughs> do. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle and Gary, you guys are on with me, so let's just get started. The first question I have is, oh, how do yes, it's a question and answer. I'm sweating already. Yeah. Oh my god, jumping right into business. No, I'm gonna have to do it. I'm gonna have to Tell do it. Open a window. Wow. You know, because we've been talking That's... about random stuff for too long. We got we got to wow. jump right into it. Okay, first Very question ready. I have is how are you guys doing so much? I mean, if you go on your Instagrams, I mean, you're literally taking over the world one avenue at a time. How do you have time to do this? So, I mean, give us a little background. How did you guys get into this whole podcast world and start this amazing podcast, uh, Tooth or Dare? Mm, yeah. Um, I'll answer the podcast stuff. Sure. Um, podcast, so we're, podcast, Tooth, Tooth or Dare podcast is in its second year and Katrina is new to the podcast. So I had a, a another co-host who's also a social media and YouTuber. Her name is Whitney. She goes by Teeth Talk Girl on Instagram and on YouTube. So I had the idea that I wanted to start a podcast and I'm Canadian. And so I'm the first Canadian uh, dental hygienist to have a podcast Okay. Which is crazy to think that we had to wait until 2019 for a Canadian to jump in and have a podcast. You're a pioneer. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of just my idea. Is I wanted to showcase some of the cool things that people are doing on Instagram and said and, and shed some light on the positivity because I think there's like a lot of stigmas of like what quote unquote social media influencers are are like and um, and I wanted to share their stories as opposed to what you see on Instagram isn't always reality. And we know that very well. Like you said, um, you know, you're doing all these things on Instagram, you're doing all these things on social media, like how do you find the time to do it? But it, it really does come down to the person behind the page. And I wanted to get to know the people behind the page, the people that have tens of thousands of followers, hundreds of thousands of followers, like the last guy we interviewed, which, uh, um, is an oral surgeon that did an interview in, in secret on, and I could see him and it was cool. So we wanted to know the story behind that. And that that was my, he did what in secret? Bloody tooth guy on Instagram. Um, I got to interview him. Katrina sadly wasn't there, but I got to interview him with another podcaster. His name is Josh Austin. He and Lance have a podcast called working interferences. So he helped me co-host that. And it was cool because this guy had a hundred thousand followers on social media. He's an oral surgeon out of New York and nobody knew his name. Um, And he decided that he wanted to maintain his anonymity um, because he wanted his work to speak for him as opposed to a name and a face. So that was my goal. And, uh, and my first co-host Whitney was great. She decided that she wanted to hang up her microphone and retire from podcasting. And uh, my first instinct of like who can fill those shoes and and bring energy and bring some power to the podcast and my instinct was my bestie katrina it just took you like all of three seconds to say yes 
I did. I was I was waiting. Were you? Almost. Did you know? Yeah. Did you like, know I was going to ask you? No, I didn't know. No, I had no Lies. idea. But I was like, Lies. it would be really great if she would. And then you did. I, I put it out into the universe. And then you just. <laughs> this sounds like an episode happen. of The Bachelor or something. Yeah. Well, I asked her first. I was like, of, of all of the people that you know in our industry, who who would you think would be a good co-host? And like, she came up with a whole bunch of names, but I know deep down inside, she was like, bitch me. I was like, oh. but also me. So what but she never said that. So that so that's that's how the podcast started. And um, it, it was an interesting start because I already had a social media following and so did Whitney. So we had a lot of interest from corporate sponsorships that we were already working with on the social media side. So it was an extension of our brands and it was an extension of the things that we were already doing into a new form of marketing on a different platform, um, which was kind of cool. So, yeah. Kyle, Kyle, how did I, um, how did, how did we meet? You yeah. How did us? you guys meet? Do you want to tell our beautiful story? are you by the way like geographically i am in pennsylvania all right okay Uh, yeah and walter and i are in houston yeah we're both in in houston Houston. Mm -hmm. yeah cool yeah and so it's actually funny because i had a previous uh podcast host (laughs) and then uh it kind of the timing and 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 just schedule didn't work out you know what i mean yeah that's Uh, just the polite way of saying it was done Okay. Okay. I mean, I don't want to say it all like that because we're still. We get to the real we're still, No, this is. We just this wanted is, to move into different directions. This is, okay. this what is was deep. Their horoscope. Right. No, it just, you know, we just. I, we, I flew to Texas to be on his podcast. He did. And That's right. He didn't even show up. He didn't no even way. show up to this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle. Was, well, no, no. Was that Kyle. the one? Was that the one where we, we did the lecture? Yes. Right after our lecture is when yep. Kyle was like, "Hey, I'm yeah. here. Let's go ahead and podcast." And and yep. we were like, "Wait a minute! You came all the way down." And he actually did. He came from Pennsylvania to Texas to podcast. And I was like, "Okay." Mm. So I mean, that was just. I mean, he was determined. <laughs> he was determined. He was motivated. He, he wanted in. You know, what I mean, mm. it was not the backstory. I, I knew Walt from dental school. Yeah. Uh, so he 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 was a Perio resident when I was a uh, dental student, and then we both did the same GPR residency. Uh, so I knew Walt before. I wasn't just some crazy stalker fan that flew to I, Texas hoping to get on the Kyle, podcast. It sounds way better when you say it the other way. Yes, he stalked me. I, have, I happen to have been there as well. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was actually there as well. <laughs> you know, Kyle, Kyle, at the podcast and at Pittsburgh. You, you know, Kyle, but, you know, I was an influencer. Podcasts are so much better. Like when you're sitting in the same room with someone, right. it's yes. so much. Not that this isn't oh. great and fun, but no, it's so sure. much. And which is why we were talking about voices of dentistry, which is why that environment is so awesome because everyone understands like the chemistry that you get the the interviews that we would have done otherwise would not have been as great and the little tiny things that you see in someone's eyes it's just become so much better so it's funny cool that you did that kyle that's devotion right (laughs) no it's funny actually we used to we used to you know uh basically make different drinks like gary used to do this with us make different drinks uh, and and we would drink while we were podcasting, so that made it even more fun too. You know, that was yeah. when we were all yeah. would do it all in the same location. We're all in the same location, yeah. Same so now location. we just have to. Yeah. I mean, we don't. We don't. Well, I guess we're drinking tonight. That's that's, that's the only reason got... why they we kept asking me to come back is because I would <laughs> I would make drinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Katrina and I would have a hard time uh, drinking the same drink because she's a red girl and I'm a white girl. 
Yes. Actually, and, put, and my wine is also a white yeah, wine. So you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, will, I will put any <laughs> wine in or around my mouth, Irene. You know that. In, in, yeah. I, oh, um, I, will, uh, I, will, I will tell you that this she is She also most... puts other things around her mouth, like okay. white claw. Okay. This is our podcast, guys. Welcome Tune in. Welcome to our podcast. Every other um, Monday. So... <laughs> So I will, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. I'm just going to move on because, um, yeah, we, it's like chickens. We, you know, divert, um, yeah. we, we get distracted by shiny things. I will say um, that this is do. a very diverse group here. We are, yes. we are, this is like the UN right now and I'm loving it. Right. You know what I mean? I'm so good. I so, love this. So, I love this diversity. Yes. I do too. You know, um, <laughs> and as per usual, Katrina is the only ginger in the room. Yes. And that's where I was going with that. I was actually, that, that's exactly where I was you going guys, with that. It wasn't. <laughs> I'm honored. Can I, be, can I be your token ginger? Every group needs a ginger. You are my lucky charm, Katrina. You are my lucky charm. I don't even know where this is going to end up. Um, <laughs> okay. So so you started your podcast. What was, yeah. what was the reasoning for... Um, for for actually starting a podcast because you guys do have a lot of informative stuff on the podcast. Despite I think the it's, yeah, it's like it's jokes. a it's a mix, and and I think the interesting part is that Katrina and I are both uh, educators. We're speakers. I teach at a dental hygiene faculty. So as silly as we are, you know, behind the scene, we kind of use the podcast. I think I do at least as a little bit of a, like a funny outlet because mm-hmm. we do yeah. have to be buttoned up for all of the other things that we mm-hmm. do. And when you're standing in a podium with in front of thousands of people. Um, you do have to have a, you know, you can make some little jokes here and there, but you do have to maintain a certain level of professionalism. So the podcast for me is like a, a way to show people that I also have a fun side. I feel like Katrina, do you feel mm-hmm. the same way? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's refreshing for people because we're entering this new age where like when I first started going to CE 13 years ago, when I graduated from hygiene school, everyone was like, I call it the pantyhosers, you know, the people that <laughs> That wear pantyhose on, and they're like, ooh, they you don't know, get it and, and they're men. You know, okay, we, we so do the same thing. Keep, keep it going. We do the okay. same thing. Okay, like, uh, we do the same. You all, you all wear pantyhose. Okay, got it. Woman teacher. But you expect you expect that these speakers are like all like together and like yes, I arrived yesterday on my flight that had no challenges and my baggage arrived perfectly and here I am enjoying my room service. And it's like one hundred percent not like that at all. So they're British. And so I think. To be able to like unpack that <laughs> and to just be raw and honest and be like, this is literally me. This is who I am. I think, um, I think the people that are in Irene's following, the people that are in my following, the people that are following our podcast, like they like that. They enjoy the fact that, hey, like, yeah, we, I, I can throw down. You want to talk about dental hygiene? I can throw down. Right. But we can also sit back as we are on a Saturday night and sip wine in our collective homes right. or a, an old fashioned and <laughs> just, and enjoy like connecting because at the end of the day, we are providers. Yes. We've been trained on the little minutiae of how to hold an instrument and da, 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 da. But also what we do is very humanistic. You are connecting with human beings. Well, and you know- I implore you to consider that patients don't care about your crown margins they care about who you are as a person. Like right. now, if your crown margins suck, your patients are going to hate you. Like, well, and we can talk about that another time. But the reality is like your ability to connect with human beings will make or break your industry and your job satisfaction. And I, I will say, opinion. and I, I will say, you. honestly, that the one thing about you guys is you're very sneaky to the way you kind of educate people. You you bring some ridiculousness to your podcast. I, I, I completely agree, but it keeps your attention. 
enough for you to yeah. sneak some knowledge in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's something that you guys have kind of mastered in a way, you know? And it was yeah. really just, in, I mean, for an, you guys, you talk for about an hour and most people don't have that attention span. But for that hour, you're kind of informing people and being you guys. Yeah, thank you. Oh, wow. That's so, that's, uh, I that's, guess, that's, that's really awesome. We, we, we strive for that. I mean, we don't often create crazy itineraries for what our podcast will look like. We kind of go with it and tune into what the person is saying on the other end to dive a little bit deeper into the content. But yeah, I mean, it's important that you share information. And we both are very lucky that we work with some great partners that give us the opportunity to learn for free and on a large mm-hmm. scale. So the best way to grow our profession for you guys too, as Genesis, I Genesis, I mean, we're all one team um, is from the behind the scenes of what we can share. So yeah, that's cool. Well, I'm, like I'm going to throw all these printouts then. Yeah. I was okay. gonna, I, no. You know, it's so funny. <laughs> I had a lot of, I had, a, <laughs> I had all these questions. <laughs> I feel, oh, you guys are so cute. I love that. No, oh, we, I no, no I didn't. We, I, now, no. Now, no like, if I really didn't. Like legit. I did. Like I literally did. Okay. That's so sweet. No, Irene, Irene Aww. would do that. She has like all the questions and I'm like the weird like sidekick that's like her and like I'll in- interject like random things. But and we used to start, didn't we, Irene? Like we would ha- like we'd have like questions and right. now we just like go with it. It's it's so like flowy and and it's conversational and um, people kind of relax and they, they just they enjoy it. It's 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 very um, open and, and a great opportunity to learn about like the core of who a person is. It's so you know, funny. And Do you so- remember when we interviewed that woman, Joanne Jones? She's like a very well-known yeah. speaker. She's like on the mag- cover of the magazine every year of like top top educators by like dental whatever the mag. What's that magazine called? It, it doesn't matter. No one's getting but, like, free she, plugs. She had, sent, she had sent us an email like two, we- two weeks before and she was like, do you have a question list for me? And I was like, no, like we don't, we don't no. do that. We just go with it. And then, you know, she logged into the, to the zoom meeting and, uh, um, Katrina and I were already in there and we were having a drink and she's like, Oh, are we, are we drinking? Is, is that what this is? And it was like four o'clock in the afternoon. And we're like, yeah, we are. Are you? And she's like, okay. Um, so you, her husband was- in the other room and she, and you could hear, she left the mic on and she's like, Stan, these girls are drinking. It's four o'clock. <laughs> I can drink too. And it was like the most hilarious thing. And I just looked at each other. We're like, we're going to pretend like we never heard her. Are she's we, like, is this bad? Like, should we not be the, yeah. No, it was great. That's, that's just the vibe. I mean, the vibe we want to give out there and people open up to you a lot more. I right. think that's what we've noticed is we, we've done some pretty fun episodes and then we've done some pretty serious ones right. too. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's the best way to get someone to open up to you and to share those deep, dark secrets, mm-hmm. like Barbara Walters style, um, mm-hmm. sort of, like get them to, to relax. And yeah. So that's, that's the secret sauce of the- their podcast. Having the sponsors, sponsors to your podcast, does that feel like you have to restrict anything? As no. far as what you say, if somebody else is sponsoring you? No. So no. We, we have a – and everyone will do sponsored podcasts differently. We record our episodes as if those are the episodes. And then we put them up on a sheet and these this is the, this is the order that the episodes are going to go out. Normally, it's like kind of a first come, first serve. But we bulk interview. So we'll do like interviews for half the year in one month. And then we'll edit them all and have them ready. Mm-hmm. And our sponsors will know who the interview person is. Um, but not what the content is. And because the content is our own and that's our brand and that's us. And if you're sponsoring us because you like us, then you're going to have to trust a little bit that we're not going to say things that are going to be 
um, inappropriate. I mean, there's some swearing and sometimes things are explicit, but we never cross like a really hard line. Um, so no, it doesn't really dictate, you know, sometimes a sponsor will like suggest that we interview a specific person that worked their brand well, and that's cool, but we're true to our brand as a podcast and also individually. And I won't put anything on my social media that I don't feel comfortable in or that I don't Mm -hmm. work with or that I don't use. And that happens all the time. I'm sure people send you guys stuff too. And they're like, Hey, will you test out this new composite material? And you know, let us know how it works. And we'd love if you would share it on your social media. And you're like, no, bro, like, I don't do that. Like, that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. I'll be happy to try and you can send it to me, but I'm not going to promote something that I don't believe in. You know, Mm -hmm. that was the hardest part for me was, you know, I've actually just chosen the other route and just not being sponsored at all, because I felt like they would limit me and and this podcast. And that was the one thing I don't want to do is be biased towards one brand or one frame you know frame of thought i wanted to basically say yep this sucks this is great this is awesome this is you know what i mean i wanted freedom Mm -hmm. and i wanted my 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 people that came on and listeners to know that i'm not biased towards anything but i I, I like the Mm -hmm. way you're doing it which is hey you know what this is us take it or leave it if you want to sponsor this cool Mm -hmm. if not that's all good yeah. Until that yeah. first dental laser company reaches out to you. Oh, no, for sure. I'm, I'm, listen. Laser and then, like, I'm, a, I'm a hoe. I'll be a hoe then. I'll be like, hey, what? Of course. This laser is amazing. <laughs> I love it. You got to try it. Best laser ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. I, then then I, I, I don't care. find your, your way and you'll find your niche. I mean, you guys have more episodes out than we do. You guys just hit 100, mm-hmm. right? We're about to. Yeah, we're about, about to hit 100. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're like well surpassing us and you know, we set up this philosophy of our brand is our brand and we are who we are and we'll happily talk about a product that we use and that we believe in, but we're not going to just pitch out anything. And that's why we're very uh, selective with who our sponsors are. And, um, you know, it's, it's a year commitment. It's not a one-off product. As we know in the marketing world, repetition is the most important thing. So it's not a one-off uh, episode sponsored by one company this one time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to be a partnership, and if you know, that's just how we roll. Speaking of branding, uh, when I was looking into your Instagram and everything, you're opening or have you opened your dental clinic yet? Oh, two weeks Are from we? now. Uh, yeah, two weeks from now. I'm waiting for some last pieces of equipment to come in, and uh, hired my docs last week, and my team got interviewed last week. I have so much to tell you, Katrina. Oh my god! Yay! Uh, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. So uh, two weeks from now, little the last little pieces of things are coming in, and we're working on the schedule. And we'll release an email next week saying book your appointments, and we're yeah nice. ready to ready to go. So as I was scrolling through your Instagram, and my memory might be completely off here, but I saw the the logo or the image that I believe it was a patient made for you, uh, uh, a where the super, <laughs> yeah. the, the super uh, hygienist or doctor. The I remember seeing that on social media somewhere as kind of a uh, bad portrayal of women because obviously it's a uh, anatomically correct woman for lack of a better term. Am I remembering that right? You were kind of oh, yeah, shamed yeah, online you're, for that. Yeah, you're. That was on. Um, oh my gosh, it, it, the, the 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 picture like, is very it busty. It's like a Japanese anime. 
Yeah. So, and it's not yeah. a picture that hasn't been drawn before. I mean, you see Superman portrayed like that all right. the time. It's right. like the right. top of the nose is cut off, and Clark Kenton's there, and he's wearing his suit or whatever. So, uh, backstory about that. Um, I I teach at a dental hygiene school, and in 2017, a former student of mine was a graphic designer before she was a hygienist. And you know, we, if any of you guys teach, Katrina, you used to teach faculty mm -hmm. at Arizona. Anyone? I used else? to. Yeah. And you you probably know what it was like in dental school where you had that one person where you're like, I don't know if this guy's going to make it. Like, mm -hmm. no dental experience and maybe not great with their hands. And you're like, you know, book smart, on point, but not sure about the didactic. It was half, of, student, it was half of my my class. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this, this student was that person. This student was brilliant, super talented, but didn't have the, like, brain-to-hand-to-eye -to -hand -to coordination. And most educators will, like, push back and be like, yeah, I'm just not going to bother. It's not going to happen. But I leaned in. I leaned in a lot more and spent more time with her. And we built like a really nice kind of educational connection and friendship. So on the day that she graduated, she gave me that piece of art and, you know, tears in her eyes and was so thankful. It's like, you know, Miss Irene, I don't know if I would have made it without you. So that got framed and it, it sat on my desk in my home office, home office for a few years. Um, and then the office build started and I needed temporary signage. And most people just put like poster board up on the windows or paper on the windows. And I thought on the marketing side of my life, I'm like, how do I start marketing this practice before I even have a practice and start get, getting attention and patience in the door? And the office is right at the corner of a busy intersection. So I was like, I'm just going to blow up this drawing that she gave me and stick it on the window and say coming soon and an email and a subscribe for notifications bottom um but then the dental world got a hold of it which was interesting because it was like a year later like mm -hmm. a full 12 months had gone of this thing already being up on the window and uh someone had shared it to a dental facebook post and it kind of went crazy and uh you know people were hurtful people said things about me being um oh god i can't even remember the words but you know that something about my breasts and that I'm not professional and um, some pretty harsh, hurtful things. But you know what the har harshest and the most hurtful thing was? Mm. Um, a dentist came out and said, the most offensive thing about this isn't the artwork. It's that she's a hygienist owning a practice. And that to oh, me was the worst wow. thing. And the funny thing is, so I looked this guy up on Facebook and three profile photos ago was the Superman with the thing open. And I took a screenshot of it and uh, I just found it really ironic that this guy was like making comments about the size of the breast to the nose ratio, like it's some form of science. He was he was jealous of your breast size. He his yeah. was, his wasn't that big. <laughs> yeah, his wasn't um, that big. That's what it was. So so then the the comments diverted from the drawing of the breasts to the ownership of a practice as a hygienist. And Patterson wow. had just done a feature of me on a, in a magazine about being the first dental hygienist that is doing a startup from right. scratch with all brand new equipment. Yeah. Um, so it was just like, you know, a lot of docs purchase practices and they buy things that are used. And I mean, there's no right or wrong way, but I think maybe a little bit of it was intimidation and I don't know. Who knows? Well, so I, I, I have some questions. Please. Yeah. So <laughs> Carrie, where, please. Where is the practice located? It's in Toronto. So I live in Toronto in Canada, the T-Doc. Okay. Okay. So it's not, it, but it's not only a Canadian thing. And that's the funny part is like dental mm -hmm. hygienists in the U.S. have been able to own practices too. It's state by state and province by province, but right. it's it's growing. And 
Um, there are really? a lot of dental hygienists that own practices. And fun fact, a DSO may or may not be owned also by a dental hygienist. Really? So you never know who DSO owners mm-hmm. are because a lot of them are quote unquote non-dentists. That's right. what they're called. Right, the right, right. Yeah. So um, hmm. there, there are many of them. It's just people are hearing and seeing more about it because I'm so vocal and public on social media. And they're like, oh, well, this girl is owning a practice. It's like, bro, people have been owning practice for 10 years. I'm not the first. I won't be the last. I'm just the one that people are talking about the most right now. It's interesting. Well, okay. So uh, on on Instagram, I saw that, um, you know, I'm watching you as as the practice is being built. And it almost seemed like you actually built the practice yourself. How did you do that? Basically. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the, you were laying the, the floor down. You, you know, yeah. you, were, so <laughs> you were putting I, electricity I, I'm up. I'm a type A OCD, <laughs> right. um, like actually diagnosed OCD, uh, control controlling type of person. And I could have hired a designer and I almost hired a designer. And then I just, sometimes it's just easier to do it yourself. And like we talked about before, Katrina and I do a lot of speaking and we travel a lot and we teach and we do a lot of other things. And sometimes having to deal with reporting back to one more person is just too much. Like Katrina, mm-hmm. you had an assistant and you're like, I just can't do it with the assistant because I'm teaching the assistant and then I have to do it myself anyways. So mm-hmm. I didn't hire a designer. I decided that I was going to do it myself. And I, I do have some experience with flipping homes. Um, mind you, doing things commercially is quite different and lease agreements are quite different. Um, but yeah, I hired a contractor and essentially had planned out exactly what the practice would look like. Um, I hired a cabinet maker that does custom cabinetry and we designed out exactly what I wanted based on what my visions were. And, uh, yeah, I picked my own floors and my own tile and my own paint and my own baseboards and even the pattern of the flooring in my bathroom that has custom words in it. Um, because I, I, I take pride in it. I mean, this is going to be my home. It's going to be the last place that I work for the rest of my life. Right. Um, even at a very young age, I, I, I see this as the legacy that I'll leave back. And the interesting thing is like my lease will probably be longer than when I'll be practicing. And one day when I'm an old lady and driving by in my convertible that one day I'll purchase, I'll be able to say, I in that practice 55 years ago <laughs> just like that um, and i i remember the color of the paint uh, if, if they need to know the color of the paint and you know how many pins are in my dense fly serona delivery unit <laughs> do you think do you think that a dentist like male dentists are hypocrites when it comes to like basically like a you know uh being excited for their colleagues whenever they're opening a practice and stuff, but whenever you're doing the same exact thing, there's a lot of shade and a lot of hate being thrown your way. Why specifically men? Well, I mean, that's what that's what she said. She said that there was guys. The that ones, were the ones that were the most hurtful were yeah, men. There were guys. I mean, but I don't know. know if it was the practice ownership part that caused them to be hurtful, or okay. if it was the breasts, or if it was an amalgamation of the two, or you um, being a hygienist. And do you think that you being a hygienist is is kind of like the blowback that you're getting right now? Is based on the fact know. that you being a hygienist and owning a dental know. practice? I I think it. I I don't know. I think it might just be a a combination of many things. Being a hygienist, opening a practice, opening a new practice, uh, having a doctor that kind of works for me. I mm. mean, that might be a weird thing because, you know, everyone's accustomed to doc owns practice, doc treats right. patients, doc has staff, and I'm doing things a little bit differently. Um, and, you know, I, I have really cool stuff. Like, I have really cool equipment and, um, yeah, get stuff 
comments all the time about, you know, the coolest of the equipment that I get and like, oh, I'd never be able to afford that. And, um, and then somehow I'm doing it. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's a lot of different things. So I, I'd, I'd love to be able to unpack it, but I don't know if I'll ever be able to, because people do different things in their own minds. Right. Well, you know, you got to remember, you can't please everybody. And what you're doing is, is amazing. Yeah. And it's great. But I have a question. Sure. Okay. So <laughs> you do, you, you do, are- Katrina, you and Katrina are like the same person because <laughs> in every episode I have to edit out. I have a question for you. Yes. One more question. I, you know what? I'm tired. I'm, I'm actually tired of say, editing that part out. I just keep it. I edit like, it out. I edit it out. I say it all the time. <laughs> Why right, is so, he going in the dark? What's please. happening over there? Oh, no. my. I have a. Like it's a, like a rave over there. Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> got the blue lights on his headphones. My, my, my screen will go out because it, it's not, you know, it's uh, not active. a. You, you, yeah, you, exactly. You, you see how unprofessional. But, house. You see how unprofessional it. we are. I love it, Gary. Right. I love you. <laughs> All right. So my question is, like, you you seem pretty, like you said, you're OCD type A, very controlling. And so my question is, how are you as a patient? As a patient, oh, I'm a dental. Yeah. Phobe. That's a good question. I'm a dental phobe. <laughs> that's why I went into dentistry. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, so you can control the situation. Like, so yeah. you're like, it's yeah. better on this side I, than on that side. I'm the worst person to work on. Yeah. I'm, I'm the worst person to work on medically in general. Like anything that has anything to do with medicine, I ask 14,000 questions before it's done. And like, if I'm getting blood work taken out and the lady's like, you don't have to look. I'm like, oh, I need to look. Like, I need to know what you're doing. And if there are any air bubbles that are going into my veins, like, I need to know what's happening. But I, I've always been the worst patient. Luckily, I haven't had a lot of dental work, a um, couple of fillings, but um, I, I'm not a good person to work on. I was I was imagining yeah. that would be the answer. I hold, yeah, on, I hold on to the chair <laughs> like it's... <laughs> Sometimes you have to let go of the control. Yeah, this is because I do, I do that when, when I, you're the I, patient. When you're the I patient, I do that when I sleep. That's when I release my control. <laughs> I mean, let's do this next time you're in Arizona. I'm going to clean your teeth. Just stop it. No way. I'm gonna, <laughs> no, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> like, no way. It's going to happen. I am, gonna, yeah. I am gonna urinate in your chair. Oh you're gonna have to give her nitrous. <laughs> that is not the first no, you're gonna need or to the give second her, time that you're gonna need to give her to ketamine. So that's okay. She's, she's gonna need nitrous for no. her cleaning. She's gonna have Gary. to punch me in the face and Gary. knock me out first. Yeah, you're gonna have that, to knock I will her out. happily punch you in the face. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> um okay, let's 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 change the subject because violence is not cool. Uh, no, no, no. It's, it's with love. It's with love. It's, it's with love. It's, love. it's like, I love you, but I'm going to punch you. Let me punch you. Got you. So, Katrina, you are um, an expert in wine. You are somebody that has multiple talents. So let's talk about that. You're not just a hygienist. And I, I, I say that with all love. You're not just a hygienist. You do multiple things. So talk about the stuff that you do outside of dentistry. Yeah. So uh, thank you. So I, I am a level one sommelier. So I always say, um, you know, people see my Instagram handle and they think like, oh, she's just like some dumb ginger that likes to like drink wine in her kitchen. What's the name? I actually Give us the am, name. Give us the name of the Instagram. I'm, I'm the dental wine genist. Um, so I, but I have a level one sommelier from the court of master sommeliers. So I've actually gone through coursework and examination work and wine tasting and like palate tasting and all that jazz palate tasting, palate evaluation while you're tasting um, to be able to um, give me that certification. So I, I I have my certification right now. I'm still kind of working up the ranks. 
Um, and you know, learning a lot. It's one of those things that like you learn about wine, but like you don't ever know everything there is to know. Like there's always more to know, you know. Like, like a um, guitar. To, uh, like a guitar? So, yeah. Like a guitar? Yeah. Like, like like guitar. Like you can never master the guitar. Because there's never, always more chords. I have no idea where that came from. I would have never At, said that either. Right? Oh, yeah. Unless, Do you play instrument? No. I, I, I played Unless, the violin back in the day. <laughs> if you don't play instrument, why would you play <laughs> Yeah. <that's> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the only no. person who's mastered the guitar is Prince. May he rest oh, in peace. But uh, no, not, no, 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 Okay, no, Gary, <laughs> we, we, we will not use Prince's name in, in vain here. Okay, you know, you know, I love a man in leotards. Um, so, so I, you know, no, but I, I did, I so I did my wine training, and that was really important to me. I love continuing education. I'm a student of life. Irene and I are opposites, but we're similar. So that means like. Am I type A? Yes, in my own way. Like my car is a hot mess. There are like 27 yoga mats in the back of my car, whereas like Irene's is probably like super organized. We're like, these are like the Lysol wipes, you know, like we're a bit different in that way. But I love you so much. You're my favorite human. But at the same time, like we both are very curious souls. Like we both like love to learn and we love to grow. And I'm always open to like learning new things or like grabbing new skills during this whole COVID thing. Full disclosure. I had two things I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn ASL and I wanted to learn how to knit. I did not Wait, hold do on. Either. ASL. Is that like age sex location from back in the no. AOL days? Um, no. Oh, you're so weird. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. We interviewed, we interviewed, we actually did a podcast interview together. Our first episode together was with someone that was deaf. So oh. get that. We did a podcast yes. interview with someone who was deaf. She oh, wow. le- read our lips that? the entire podcast. And she was amazing. Wow. She was amazing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. What, 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 what was her? Was she's she a hygienist? dental hygienist. She goes by that deaf girl on Instagram, and she is 100% hard of hearing. Really? Um, so not wow. only that, oh, but I need it. I need it. He was an NFL cheerleader too. She was an NFL cheerleader. Like couldn't like fully hear the tempo of the music, but still she did could, it. What team did like, she cheer feel, for? Feel, sorry. What team did she cheer for? Uh. This is, girls don't know. We this don't know. is, this is the know. only this time is, I'm going to look how... at the show notes. <laughs> I mean, we can, we can look it up. <laughs> I mean, I need right. to know if it was the Eagles. You know, if it's the Eagles, then she changed for, changed uh, for the right team. I'm see if I can Eagles find. doesn't sound right. There were balls involved. That's all I know. But, I don't know. <laughs> that's all of that's all of football. It even that's has what we know. it even I'm has ball in the name of it. Football. Just saying. Um. <laughs> so I wanted to learn, I wanted to learn ASL and I wanted to learn how to knit. And I did not do either of those two things. However, I am a very curious soul. So I Phil- Philadelphia about- Eagles. Yes. Yeah. And she was also a cheerleader for a Baltimore soccer team. Oh, that's okay. Whatever. I need her. I'm going to, I'm going to basically bring her on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I'm yeah. going to bring her on a podcast. You're going to have to do it in, you're going to have to do it in real life. You can't do it over Zoom. Yeah. She has to read your lips, she has but, to read but your she's lips. amazing. She's and amazing. The levels on her, the levels on her headset from recording live were at maximum capacity. She could, and it was the first time that she could actually hear some form of sound because wow. we had our like microphone system and our like traveling yeah. uh headset system they're like the same headsets that you see in an nfl 
uh, football team that had right. the mic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was like, wow, I can actually <clears throat> hear something. It was like a faint whisper, but it was her levels were at 100. They were literally in the red. Our, our lines were like going right. like this. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. But yeah, she's a cool. You have to do it in real life. Okay, I'll figure a way yeah. to make it work. She's awesome. But, she's but awesome. Katrina, Check her out. She's fantastic. So you didn't learn anything yeah. in, in three months. Continue. No, I didn't learn. I literally did not <laughs> learn a single thing. Um, however, I'm still, that isn't to say that I'm not curious because I'm a very curious soul. So I did my wine sommelier uh, training and I found that fun fact about dental professionals. Now we had kind of talked about this before we hit the record button, but fun fact about dental professionals, we love to consume alcohol while we like have to do CE and all that jazz. So I built out a a hygiene study club called, you know, the dental wine genist, you know, CE series where I would do continuing dental education and we would sip wine and I would deliver education on the wine. And we basically had an amazing um, study club that way. And then people started to hear about it because Shocker. I was selling out like crazy and people were like totally into this. And, uh, and that's kind of where I got my start was actually the combination between wine and, uh, and talking about dentistry and, and very similar to Irene, like you, you guys have heard our podcast, but you know, I, I, I love dentistry. I think dentistry is really important. I think it's impactful, but I also was an educator and I got my master's degree in understanding how adults learn best. Mm. And what I found in my studies was that adults will always learn best if you can make them feel something, whether that is, you know, they're laughing and they're enjoying themselves and you're, you know, comedic, like they're going to pick up on the things that you're saying. Um, Or if you're telling a really touching, heartfelt, heart-wrenching story and people are very engaged and motivated and you have an influence in those moments because there's a very humanistic piece to what we do. So I found that if I could create that type of a dynamic, um, that people were more apt to want to even come to CE coursework. And so that's kind of where I built my brand out of. Like I, I always say, like, I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but I'm someone's glass of wine. And that is true. Like not everybody wants to like go to CE and like laugh and be like, ha ha, oh, that's so funny. You know, like some people are literally like, they just want to like take their like dumb notes and go home and never look at them again. And that's fine. Like, don't come to my coursework then, you know, like we're going to have a good time. Like this is going to be like raw and honest, and you're going to learn a lot from this. And if you can take these principles and you can integrate them in your practice, awesome. And if you can't like call me and let me help you, like, I want our industry to grow. I want it to be amazing. I want it to be successful. I'm tired of these profi queens. Like take your tiara and get out of here. Like I want to really see, I do. I want to see dentistry like continue to rise. Irene, you know what I'm talking about. Like we have to, we have to do better. We have Katrina, to- Katrina that just said that for the record, that was Katrina. She can be found what? in Arizona. <laughs> she works for AZ Perio in Arizona. Please direct your hate mail to ask the dental. You can, you can no. toilet paper my front yard. I have a cactus out front and a queen palm tree. So you can toilet paper me all you want, which I understand is still kind of in low supply here. So by all means, bring your toilet paper. But I really do believe that. Like, I, yeah. I, why, why? Like we we're healthcare providers. Okay. Like let's stop this whole, like I'm the cleaning lady. Like my cleaning lady uses Fabuloso and I love her for that. And she's Fabuloso <laughs> for that. I'm not a cleaning lady. <laughs> right. right. And so I, and I believe that wholeheartedly. Please. And so, and I, I do, I get hygienists that come up to me afterwards and they're like, and you can tell they're like, they're the cleaning lady in their office, uh-huh. but they want they want to do more. Like mm-hmm. they see that, like they, they get it, you know, they're like, I, but I, I, I want to do oral cancer screenings and I, I'm not doing them currently in my office. Cause I only get 35 minutes right. 
per patient, which is like, by the way, to me, like I, I literally hashtag can't with that. Okay. Um, I can't with 35. How can you even do anything in 35 minutes? But these hygienists, like they want to do these things. And so like, I, I want to be that voice for them. I, I, I want to like rise. I, I, oh, I, we have to. My do you know heart what I mean? right now, Katrina. Listen, you're so listen. passionate. No, this you're is awesome. So passionate. No, no, let her, so, let, her, let her keep well, going. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. She's wait a minute. right. She's right. I can. I, I do more of the root canals in thirty minutes. Gary, but that's, your, that's, that's different. That's, your, that's within day, your scope of practice. Amazing. But that's the thing. You yeah. don't bill by the minute. You don't bill like we do by <laughs> that's the true. unit. That is true. Right? That is true. So that, like oh, you, yeah, bill, you bill your endo. You can do your endo in four hours if you want to. You can do your endo in five minutes. Like that's you. That's on you. That's your scope of practice. That the problem that, that arises in hygiene and what I mean, one of the reasons why I'm opening my own practice is because it's my scope of practice and my license. I'm, I have my own license. I pay my own insurance. I have my own regulating body. I have my own rules that I have to live by. And the problem then arises when you've got two very strong people with their own licenses, their own insurance, and their own governing bodies, and one that's requesting that things be done a certain way when physically we can't make those decisions for ourselves. But then in the end, if we mess up or we screw up, it's our license on the line, right? Mm, well, you are let me, that, let me, let that's, me just... that's the problem. And yeah. that's what mm-hmm. Katrina's trying to like um, change the mentality of how dental hygienists approach perio. Right. She works in a perio practice uh, and is in surgery doing debridements during flap. I mean, I, I worked in a perio practice for four years too. So I, she and I have that together where we see what happens under the gums and we see what happens when you flap open and you're able to debride into a frication properly versus someone that's doing that in a in a general practice that doesn't have the availability to see a flap and to be able to debride in between roots and is then told they have to do it in 30 minutes like that's the issue i got you 100 percent. in tandem with that i will say this so i actually posted this on on social media the other day and i actually got kind of mixed reviews from the hygiene community on this I said this, I said, when I seat my patients and I see the consults for our doctors, because we learned in perio, um, you're a periodontist, right? I am. Okay. All right. So I'm speaking <laughs> to you lovingly, but here's the truth. <laughs> no, 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 please here's don't, don't hold back. Okay. All right. You're a surgeon. You would rather be cutting into bone and tissue. You'd rather be like screwing around with somebody's sinus or like whatever than like doing an screwing initial consult. Around with <laughs> that's a, that's actually, you. that's exactly what I say you to would, them. Right? I'm going to, I'm going to screw you go. around Thank in you. your that's sinus. What I'm saying. Like you'd rather be like in there, like blood and guts, like all over you right. versus like doing an initial probing and telling the patient they have stu- stage two perio with like grade C, like, you know, like, you know, whatever. That's how so we do it too. Yeah. We do, see? Yeah. We're like, yeah. I'm telling you, that's how we do it. Um, and it's when we still get case acceptance. But so what what we did at AZ Perio is we have hygienists that that go into surgery with docs and like we'll do like the flap cases and la 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 as Irene had shared. But we also see their new patient consultations, right. and the doctors appreciate that because we're doing all the stuff before they come in. But this is what I do. I describe when I'm out speaking and I'll say, literally, this is my new patient consultation. Hello, my name is Katrina. I'm the hygienist here at AZ Perio. Welcome to the practice. We are so grateful to have you here. You are here today from Dr. Stansberry's office. And we start to talk about why did Dr. Stansberry bring you in? Let's walk through your medical history. Oh, I see that you have diabetes. Tell me how long you've been struggling to control your diabetes. What is your hemoglobin A1C? Tell me about your medications. I understand that you've increased your lisinopril. Tell me about that. Let's go ahead and take your vital signs. I'm going to take blood pressure, pulse, and pulse 
ox on my patients because I want to know about how frequently they're having oxygen coursing through their bloodstream. I'm going somewhere with this. I promise. Stay with me. I also ask them. Take a breath. I also. She's like, I only have 35 minutes. (laughs) 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 We're laughing, but like half of the country's listening to this. Like, it's true. But I do, I ask my patients about their genetic components. Any member of your family ever lose a tooth to gum disease? Anybody in your family have diabetes, heart disease, uh, you know, stroke, upper respiratory tract infections, cancer? I ask my patients about their gum disease risk assessment score, which we can talk about another time. Then I tip my patients back. I tell them I'm going to do comprehensive gum tissue assessments. I have an assistant who's charting everything that I do. I chart every perio pocket. I chart every bleeding point. I chart every recession point, six numbers per tooth. I chart furcations. I chart mobility. I perform an extra oral, intraoral examination, TMJ evaluation, occlusal assessment, thyroid evaluation, and then I sit my patient up. And you know what? I will tell you this. My patients say one of two or both things. The first is I have never had a more comprehensive exam. I don't like that. Are you kidding me? You have never in your life had something like that. And now you're here at a specialist office because now you have a problem. Katrina, how many people say they've never had their blood pressure taken? There you is go. Is this new? Is right? this new? Or you're no. taking my is blood this, pressure. Yeah. Is this new? Is this because yeah. of COVID? No, it's not because of COVID, no, Karen. Of like COVID. we should have been doing yeah. your blood pressure Thank regularly yeah. anyways. Sorry God about damn, that, Jan. Goddamn Karen's. Um, Karen. I know those Karens out there. Karen. But I will say this, like every time I use the Cavitron, the patients are like, is that new? The girl on me last time didn't use that. And I was the girl that worked on them last time. And 100% I use the Cavitron. So also patients are like have bad memories with those kinds of things. The other Poor thing that friends. my patients say is because they hear the numbers and we talk about that. I'm going to do your gum tissue pocket numbers. One, two, and three are considered a stable little moat around your tooth. Anything deeper than that shows me signs of gum infection. And that's exactly what I say. You know, when I do recession points, I will say, like, this is where your gums have peeled away from your tooth. That's what I say to them. So they know, because I've already kind of given them the, like, these are the good numbers. These are the bad numbers. Now let's rock and roll. And anybody who's done that and read it out loud, like, you go, three, two, three, three, two, seven. Like, watch your patient's eyebrows. They're like, they, like, fly up, right? Because the patient's like, whoa, like, what happened? So after I set the patient up and they're like, I've never had that that comprehensive of an exam, their second thing they say to me is, I understand we have a problem. What can I do to fix it? And my whole thing is like, isn't that easier in dentistry if the patient is asking you for the treatment? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't Definitely. that like so much? Because mm-hmm. then you're not in this like weird, we see patients in a perceived state of health. They come in and they're like, yeah, I like bleed for my gums. Like, it's not a problem. And <laughs> they like laugh about it. And you're like, okay, Susan, thank you for that. But like, that's not okay. So let's have a conversation about it. And then they think, we can still new keep using. Right? Yeah, we can still keep using. <laughs> Susan is the new Karen. Let's just use Susan Karen the whole time. Karen. Yes. Yeah, Karen, Karen needs. I think we need to retire Karen because all of the like real Karen. Karen. Like I, I know some Karens and they're really nice people. I think we need to I move know. on from Karen and let's just I go think with Connie. Susan. Is the best one. Connie. 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 Did you, Connie yeah, did is a good see, one. Did you see the I guy? Like uh, who who went to the 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 city board or whatever in Baton Rouge? No. Oh, and he was like, oh. he was like, Connie, this is you. I'm talking. Here's a picture of you <laughs> oh, shopping yeah. oh, while I'm yes. talking. Yes, yes, Connie. Yes. She's, she was shopping. <laughs> right. Yeah, yes. I saw that. What is that? 
Oh my uh, god. We'll send you she the link. Like a Hold on, the, ra- the rave's starting. Hold on, the rave's starting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, let's go. Let's go. Daft Punk. Yes. It's amazing uh, how we've no, gotten off topic. Can anyone so bring the Molly? <laughs> <laughs> We require Molly for all appointments. I did not get that in the mail. Um, Could you imagine a patient on Molly during an appointment? They'd be like this the whole time. Like nobody would be able to sit down. Terrible. So you're gonna have to list this in your in your pod bean as explicit. Yeah, I've already given up on the the rating. Do not do Molly. This is not for everyone. Don't do drugs. It does not cure COVID. Drugs are bad, (laughs) but but drinking alcohol. Alcohol does apparently. Drinking alcohol right? is good. Spray in moderation. Up. Just in around oh, your mouth. Where did but, we go with this? No, We're please. Like, let's but this is up. my whole point. Yeah. This is my whole point. Uh-huh. Is at the end of the day, hygienists need to have that time. And when I work with doctors as a consultant, they're like, my hygienists aren't diagnosing perio, blah, blah, blah. And right. it's like, okay, because when the patient shows up late to their appointment and they show up 14 minutes and 52 seconds late. So it's not quite 15 minutes. So the hygienist still has to see that patient and is expected to do a comprehensive hygiene appointment in the remaining amount of time. Even if you've given them an hour, that does not give us enough time to comprehensively do what we're supposed to do. And hygienists don't have the tools to be able to, you know, pull the trigger on diagnosing and things like that. So the challenge becomes for me, I get hygienists that come up to me and they're like, I, I believe in what you're saying and I get it. And this is what I was taught in school. And I know that I need to do this. You're periodontist, you know, like your yeah. referral practices are going to be far better referral practices. Yeah. If those hygienists have the tools they need to do what they need to do. Yes. So yes, I'm already telling you. Yes. Is yes. It, yes no, is I'm going to just say yes. <laughs> I'm actually afraid That's of you. Right of rhetorical. No, I'm well, actually afraid. I'm, I'm afraid <laughs> right. of her right now. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but the truth is like, but they don't have those tools. So like, we can't, you know, these hygienists that are doing these profies, like they, they can't help it. They're stuck in the hamster wheel. Right. They're stuck in a situation where they're constantly like performing this, whatever's on the schedule, whatever the office manager or Julie at the front desk has scheduled for us. That's what we're doing. Like we hey, we're not empowered. That's my receptionist's name. Is that your receptionist name? Wait, wait, yeah. what, what, like what a, name? What name do we choose? Gary, what was the name that we choose? Connie. Connie, please. A, Everybody's Connie. Now. Connie is annoying. <laughs> Connie is Julie, the annoying Julie's person. Julie's my receptionist, so don't talk shit right. about Julie. Connie. Connie. She's the I'm best. not here to judge Julie. I'm not here to judge Julie. We've agreed on Connie. Well, but Katrina, I will say this. Everyone, you're not the only person in that boat. Right. Like that's, okay. that's, uh, especially with like the, um, the comprehensive examinations, the blood yes. pressure, as Irene mentioned, all that, that's, that's every day of my life. Every day. Yeah. Half the time yeah. patients come and they don't even know why they're there. Right. They're like, this, yes. I need, a, I need a root canal. I'm like, so your dentist just said, go, go to Dr. Dennis. He does root canals and that's all they told you. Uh, so, I mean, that's, for sure. I 100% uh, agree with that. Can I? Uh, so I feel your pain. Yeah. Let me just say yeah. uh, from everything that you've been saying, you are 100% correct. But th- this is exactly what I love that. No, about. no. We can, can, we, can we say that again on the record? You're you can, 100% You can correct. record that. Ooh. No, you are. Oh, the reason I ask her that all the time. Oh, what did you do? She's going to say that all the time. To a survey monkey to leave her a testimonial. Like it's going to go on her oh. website. What month were you born in? <laughs> Katrina, what month of, are you All born? of the months. She celebrates her birthday every month. March 13th. March. I'm a Pisces. Okay, well, happy okay. Uh, belated. But no, what you're saying is, <laughs> what you're saying is yes. actually correct, right? But the problem is a lot of dentists think more about profitability more than, mm-hmm. you know, uh, taking care of the patient in the sense that 
you know, education to me as a periodontist is the key, right? If I make sure that my patient is educated and understands how to take care of the procedure that I just did, we get better results in the end, right? We're I'm not raised. wasting my okay. time. We're not wasting their time. Ooh, okay, hands up. I'm, I'm raising not, my I'm hand. Not, I'm I, not do, I do this. But go I ahead. Do this, why are you raising? I, why you raise your hand? That's so. I weird. don't know. I just no, I, like no, 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 no. I do it too. I read. Yeah, I have to say that, and the thing that I've noticed is that um, dentists aren't business people. Hygienists aren't business people. Right, but we they take one about, class. We over learn about weekend. business for like all of five minutes yeah. in school, and then we're expected to run a practice right. and have people that work under us. Right. So the the common um, ideal idea that people have is that volume equals dollars. Yes. Yes. And yes. volume yes. doesn't always equal dollars. I agree. Unless you're selling stuff on an e-commerce shop that sells through from dropship from China to the rest of the world, and you're making a dollar on each pro- right. uh, prop product but sell, selling millions like that's the only way where volume will equal more money in dentistry that doesn't work so 35 minute appointments and seeing five different people or 10 different people um for shorter appointments actually makes you lose money because you're losing the time in treatment planning and the opportunity for more comprehensive mm-hmm. care so you have those hygienists or even doctors that you know, they're not given a whole lot of time or they just do one quick filling at a time. Like one of the practices that I worked for, she never treatment planned. Like she would never sit with a patient and do a new patient exam because she had such a high volume of patients that were coming in. She was uh, reluctant to hire an associate. So she basically did her dentistry like carpentry work. Something broke, she would fix it and Mm. move on. Yeah. And her philosophy was, well, this is how I will be successful because when people come in with a problem, I'll fix the problem and I'll just keep fixing problems as opposed to planning Mm -hmm. for the future. So that's one thing that dentists and hygienists both need to kind of wrap their brains around. It's not about the more patients I see. It's how much more I can provide that one patient that's sitting in the chair. Okay, let's pause for a second and ask yeah. Kyle. Kyle, you have mm-hmm. your own practice, yeah. right? Yes. Uh, you are a general yeah. dentist, right? Uh, yeah. You. I missed what you just said. Sorry, say that no, again. No, my, Kyle, my Kyle, a, yeah, a, Kyle is a general dentist, has his own practice, right? He, practice, huh? he went to the same residency that I went to, so I know what the level of educa- education and you got your master's right and um and uh, yes. what was it agd agd yeah. right so again mm-hmm. kyle let's talk about this from your point of view because i think it's only okay. fair to kind of talk i mean we've we've heard the hygienist point of view let's talk about it from your point of view why would this be uh, a model that a lot of general dentists follow because they do follow it that the high you know uh productivity the the uh, quality quantity over quality why is that the case? And, and I mean, I, I'm not saying that you do that, but why is that the case? It, it depends on your patient population. There are a large number of people and everywhere that you can talk to your blue in the face, give them all the information you want, that they just want to come in to get their teeth cleaned or what they perceive as a, a to get their teeth, getting their teeth cleaned. You can't, they don't care about gum disease. They don't care about, I mean, I've shown hundreds of maybe not hundreds, but uh, lots of people x-rays where they have an abscessed tooth that's sitting there and it's eating away at their jawbone. I said, you need to get this fixed. This is what's going to happen if we leave it set. And I, I'm not going to touch it. it. It's not hurting me. It's not bothering me. I'll leave it alone. And it comes to a point where it becomes supervised neglect and you have to almost dismiss as a, as a business owner, you don't want to dismiss somebody from your practice if they're going to continue to come in in your head, you're thinking maybe if I if I tell them three times, four times, five times, maybe one of these times it's actually going to stick. 
if you dismiss them from the practice because they're not following your recommendations and you don't want to fall under that supervised neglect, then you're tossing that person out into no care at all. So it's a, a balance between do I give the patient what they want because we are in a service business? Do I treat people to this high standard of care that they maybe don't want to get? And it's uh, you have you know the devil on the right shoulder, the the angel on the left, and you're fighting between the two to to figure out where is that happy middle ground with the people. And with when it comes to you know comprehensive exams, ideally in a perfect world, you would give everybody all the information. This is your comprehensive exam. These are your options to fix it. This is what we can do for you to bring you back to health. But the the vast a lot of people just don't care. Look at how many people are overweight who uh, don't manage their diabetes when simple as changing your diet, staying away from sugar. This could change your life and make you feel better, uh, give you more energy, make you live longer. And they, they just don't care about that thing. It's not important to them. So it's, Put on a mask. Isn't it interesting, though? <laughs> Gary! I'm sorry to We're not doing Kyle. this right now. We're not doing but this right now. Isn't it interesting that uh, the general dentist, Kyle, and the periodontist, Walter, um, you both practiced dentistry, and you both went to the same school, and you you went to the same GPR, right? Mm-hmm. You did a GPR? Yep. Um, and now, in your practice, you have two different philosophies. So let me let me outline that for you. So Kyle, right. as a general dentist, you mm-hmm. are a business owner and and have to please the the masses and the people, and you're looking for that common ground in the middle. Right. And you're like, well, you know, I don't want to lose the patient, but I also don't want to not provide the best care. So I'm like in this weird thing. And then there's a periodontist where it's like, this is my treatment, this is my recommendation. If you don't like it, peace out. Like, right? I'm, I'm, well, but it's, it's or all or like, an endodontist where it's like you either retreat or we we do some form well, of treatment or oh, or I'm not. very, I'm very, yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't but take any foolishness. Well, yeah, like, but it's like, interesting how, how, how that separates where the, the specialists, the specialists, and, and this I might not be you, but like the specialists are treatment plan. This is what I'm doing. This is what I want to do. If you don't do it, then I'm not the right doctor for you. Perhaps you need to find someone else. But then in general dentistry, we're constantly mm-hmm. compromising. It's like right. we're constantly compromising with the patients. Like, oh, you don't want fluoride, but you have rampant decay, but you don't want fluoride. Right. Okay, no problem. See you next time. We'll wait. We'll watch. We'll wait. We'll watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're mm-hmm. all thinking about how do we protect losing the patient? Yes. Um yes. But, but in general dentistry, we do that, and then but in specialty dentistry, oh, I'm like, get out of here, right? Okay, Kyle, Kyle, I want to, I want to ask yeah. Kyle. But I wanna, it's crazy how that happens, right? But here's mm-hmm. here's here's the thing that I think we we have to also understand is is um how people are paid. A lot of hygienists are paid based on production, right? They get a they ba- they get a baseline, and then they get more incentive the more they see and the more they do. Right? Some. Most are some. paid by the hour. Right. Some. Most are paid also, by the hour with no with no benefits, with no sick leave or sick days or paid vacation. Right. Okay, you, so, you have to you have to consider uh-huh. as a general dentist, you are treating your community. Like those patients are your patients for a long time. Yes. Like with like me as an endodontist, mm-hmm. I see people once, once, maybe twice. Yes. He's so lucky. he's lucky. I, like if they don't like me, I'm like, ah, oh, who cares? I'm never gonna see you again. You know, 
Put your root true. canal, Jan. <laughs> <laughs> Put on your mask, Connie. No. <laughs> but, but like with Kyle, I mean, yeah, those sure. like, I mean, is he's in a small town too. Like, yeah, he's, he's gonna, gonna see those people at the grocery store. He's gonna yeah. see yeah. them again. You know, so it's no, a, it's I'm not a, saying a it's wrong. I'm just saying I just find that it's interesting how things is, change from specialty to general dentistry. Like, mm-hmm. well, not knocking. I'm not knocking you, Kyle. By no right. means. Like, I yeah. get it. That like, we do it all the time, but it's just. I just find that it's interesting how the mentality shifts when you go from a general to a specialist. I have this I have this issue because I talk to a lot of my general uh, dentist friends and I say, why don't you treat patients like like we do, right, as specialists? In the sense that I, I think patients need to, and Kyle, I think you brought this up last time, patients need to have this respect that we've lost. We've Somehow dentists have lost a lot of respect from patients. It's all about them. And it's not about us actually trying to help them out, right? And I feel mm-hmm. like dentists have lost that. And I'm not sure if it's because of insurance, because we're begging people, because we're giving free whitening and all this other garbage that we keep doing, right? We're basically just saying we're not going to stand as a unit. We're just going to basically try to outdo each other, right? And I, I think I, I have the answer. I have the answer. Mm-hmm. Well, Gary, I wasn't, Sorry, Kyle. I wasn't, I know, ask, I I wasn't asking you, you, Gary. But I have the answer. <laughs> so the answer is insurance and competition. Yeah. Yeah. So if you well, have, when your patients are like, if you have a practice that is 90% insurance based, mm-hmm. that patient, if you're like, oh, if you don't like it, you can leave. The patient's going to be like, I will leave and I'll go to this other practice that takes my insurance. <clears throat> I have, so, a, I, I disagree. Oh, okay. Well, so, so what part do you disagree with insurance or, 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 so or I, all, I believe, all of it? I, not, no, 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 no. I, I, I get that. So number one, I will say this. I think that we, I hate to say it, but I think a lot of times in general dentistry, we practice fear-based dentistry. And what I mean by Mm. that is it's not patient-centered. It's what can I say that's not going to upset my patient? Mm. So it's like, oh, I see perio, but like, let's just floss better and see what it looks like in Mm. six months. Like where in the AAP has that ever been an appropriate recommendation for our patients? It hasn't, but we're afraid of our patients. We're afraid of a bad Yelp review. We're afraid of a bad Google review. In addition, our patients come in and they say things like, I'm only going to do what my insurance covers. And I've, I've heard that. Mm-hmm. In fact, I practiced for 12 years in a Medicare Medicaid practice in central Phoenix, mm-hmm. where we had a low socioeconomic status patient population that would come in. And in Medicare and Medicaid, we do not get SRPs covered a lot. But I had an agreement with the doctor. I said specifically, if the patient has perio and I diagnose that perio, the patient needs to get that perio done. And I'm not interested in being that hygienist that's like, oh, you can't afford it. That's okay. Go ahead and sign this piece of paper that holds no water in court. And I'm going to go ahead and do a a, a profi really I'm just going to polish your bleeding gums and let them like leave gushing out of my office. Have fun with your diabetes. Like, I'm sorry. I, I wish I could have done more. Jeez. Do you know what I mean? Like, I hate to say it, but like, I, I say is that, that not like literally? Sorry like, for Bye. your luck, Karen. Sorry so for your Oh, well. Like, I like, I don't like that. Like, I. I can't do that because I have to sleep at night knowing that I did the right thing. And to me, that's not the right thing. Like that just bothers me. And yes. So why did you work there 12 years? Yeah, there you go. Because let me tell you why. Mm. Because the doctor and I had an agreement. My agreement was I will not do a profi on a patient who needs SRPs. So trust me, which was a very scary thing to for Ginger to ask anybody because you know me trust Ginger. <laughs> but I said to the doctor, trust me, I'm going to, I will have a dialogue with your patients. And we will make this work. And the doctor was like, oh, for whatever reason, he was like, I kind of trust you. That's weird. So we had a dialogue back and forth. 
And I said to the patients, this is what I'm seeing. I am concerned. I use the concern word. That's really important for people to hear dental professionals say. Again, you know, with COVID-19, I'm going to take a quick side and then I'm going to get back to this. With COVID-19, dental hygienists were lobbying saying like, we are non-essential. Like we are elective. Like let us I want to bring that up later. I want to bring that up later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Kyle, you and I will talk about this later. But No, actually, no, we're going to bring it up. We're going to bring it up like in five minutes. Right now. Yeah. So as we shot ourselves (laughs) in the foot, we shot ourselves in the foot by doing that. And I, I understand why. Because we generate aerosols and we didn't know and who knows who is going to walk in our door with potential COVID or asymptomatic and we were scared and we were concerned. But what we did was we classified ourselves as non-essential workers. And what happens is I do, I believe that is the biggest disservice to our industry and to our patients because who is the inflammatory specialist in the practice? The hygienist. So what did we do? We just created this dynamic. That's a where new we- one. I've never heard that one before. Say it again. Inflammatory specialist. That's what I, t- I tell my my patients. I'm an inflammatory specialist. I'm going to use that and, from now and on. It's true. It's true. I'm, I'm, I'm stealing that one. Is there a, is there a capital to the title on the I? <laughs> on the F. I'm having a hard time writing it, just like I had a hard time writing. Do not okay. resuscitate on Howard Franz. You have to yeah, like chest. You have to pronounce it inflammatory. Inflammatory. Yeah, that's how you have to say it. Is there a, is there like a, a click at the end? Specialist, like at the end. <laughs> <laughs> But my thing is like, and I say this, like, so I am here to fight inflammation and I'm sorry, like, let's just keep unpacking all this research that's linking COVID (laughs) to inflammation. And then I'm going to call myself a a non-essential worker. Like I'm over that. Like let's hashtag move on from that because I'm over that. And Kyle, I really want to hear what you have to say, but I want to conclude with this. I want to conclude with this. My agreement with the doctor was I I will either not do treatment on that patient or I will do perio treatment on that patient. And the patient is going to love you no matter what. And the doc was like, that if you can guarantee that, like 100%. And like, I'll tell you this, I'm a people pleaser. So I said <laughs> to the patient, I'm concerned you have infection in your mouth and I'm concerned. This is the treatment that can be done today to go ahead and treat that infection. In the handful of times that the patient, oh, we're back in a rave again. Yes. Okay. In a handful of times that the patient would say, I can't afford that. And so I can't have that done today, which I think, and this is a conversation for another topic, but I think we think that it's a financial thing. And it's actually not, by the way. And research has determined that, by the way, it is not financials. But in the event that it was, and the patient was like, I can't afford it, da, 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 da. My conversation with the patient was, I understand that. However, you still have infection in your mouth. If you cannot have your periodontal treatment done by me, you need to have it done by someone. So I would like to refer you to a local dental hygiene program where you can work with a dental hygiene student. In fact, you may even actually get paid to have your dental procedure done if you qualify as a board patient. I would like to refer you to this dental hygiene program. It will take probably 72 hours to get your perio treatment done, but it will get done. I've had one patient, one patient in my 12 years of practicing that said, I will take that referral to a dental hygiene program. And that patient qualified as a board patient for two dental hygiene students, made an income off of sitting, getting their perio procedure done and was eternally grateful, but came back to me for perio maintenance procedures. Every other patient said, we'll bring the financial lady back in because I'll just need to look at monthly payments. What did I do? I just told the patient, I get it. 
like you can't afford it. Here's another option for you, but the infection isn't going away and I'm concerned. And, and it's so going to take th- forever for you to get it done. And it's going to take forever. So it's more conv- – let's, let's, let's start it right now. Let's go. I've already got the instruments. Mm-hmm. Let's make it happen. So the reality is like patients – we think we're elective. I hate to say it, but we do. And Kyle, I really want to hear what you have to say about that. But we think we're elective. We think that what we do is like optional. Like sign here, yes or no. Do you, do you want the tinting on your mirrors when you buy your car or no? Do you want the leather seats or no? And it's not that. Like we're not elective. Like what we do treats infection and we like feel bad about it. Meanwhile, like I'm getting a pedicure done and the lady doing my pedicure does not care that it costs like an extra $10 to do a design on my toes. Like why is that? Why do we feel weird about recommending fluoride for patients that have like rampant decay? Why do we feel weird about talking to adults about sealants? Why do we feel like, why do we feel weird about that? Like we need to get over that. And that's, that's on us. And I think we've let patients who who drives the the car in your practice? Right. You were the patient, right? You know, we're not selling tires here. Yeah. We're not selling tires here. <laughs> we're selling grills. All right. I swear. I swear. I swear that if I don't do a grill in my first year of practice, I'm just going to set it on fire. Oh, okay. Well, That's right. We need As to find we should. Some... No, I really no. want to make a grill, and I might just make it for myself. That's... You should. You should. You should. Actually, Katrina, yeah. I, I, I respect you so much for saying all of those things. That was actually. Really you really good are job. a good yeah. representation of yeah. of the peeps. I, I need you to come. I and, completely like, talk agree, hundred yeah. percent, with everything yeah. with what you said, Kyle. Don't yeah, say that. Don't say hundred percent. You are right. <laughs> Can you can you edit in like the soundtrack to the Miss Universe pageant? Because I feel like this this would be a good time to edit that in. I'm I'm gonna find a way to do that. Actually, Uh, I'm gonna put this down. (laughs) It's getting edited in there. So so let's talk about the uh, the the divide that happened between hygienists and dentists on social media over the past couple of months because it was huge. Uh, In Pennsylvania, there had to be a a joint letter that was formed between the Hygiene Association and the Dental Association coming out saying, no, there's not a war happening between dentists and hygienists. We're all in this together, which we are all in this together. We're all on the same team. We should be fighting this. But from the dentist perspective, from what I was hearing, there is the hygienists are refusing to come back to work. Uh, it's not a safe environment. You're not providing us to the proper PPE. Uh, were the uh, I just lost my train of thought, but that was what the dentists are seeing from the hygienist. And the dentists are seeing you've been laid off because we're not we haven't been allowed to practice. We're now allowed to open back up because of government regulations. The hygienists don't want to come back they because they've had this safety net of getting unemployment plus this extra $600 a month. You're, you might have a different position if you weren't currently getting paid maybe more than what you were already making by the government. And you're just trying to stay on off unemployment or stay on unemployment and not work until end of June or July or whenever the thing was supposed to run out. And then you want, you might, you'll probably come back and want to have your job back. So where do you two think that divide started? Why did that divide start? I could Uh, draw you up. 
Yeah, I could draw you a pie graft. Yeah, I feel like yeah, a pie graft would be the best way to do yeah. it. Visual would be great. Yeah, should should it be like in different colors? The and like percentages yeah. or like value? Yeah. Um, totally. My chart would consist of uh, the portion of, and it's all based on the practices. So it might not be you. So in Canada, I can speak for Canada. Mm-hmm. Perhaps Katrina, you can speak for the U.S. Um, did you guys? Uh, speaking of social media, did you guys see that interview that I did for the local news here? I saw that. that yeah, that got me ripped apart. Oh, mm. yeah. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, I didn't. oh so there's more. There's I more just... that social media has ripped my heart out of my chest. You, you, you might, you uh, might want to just get off of social media. Like you're getting yeah. destroyed. Mm-hmm. It's cruel. It's cruel. Yeah. I, I do. I do still believe that all publicity is good publicity. Sure. Because I did get a spike in new patient requests after that there you go. interview. Uh-huh. But hey, um, I was interviewed by the local news, which is called CBC. It's the Canadian broadcast news, so it's all of Canada. And uh, reach someone reached out to me. One of the reporters reached out to me as they had seen my practice and they wanted to interview me about the current divide in our are dental hygiene and dental associations. Here, they're not associations. Here, they're governing bodies, so they're organizations. So my licensing body versus the licensing body of the dentist. And the problem was that on May 22nd, both licensing bodies had the same guidelines and regulations. And then all of a sudden, the College of Dental Surgeons of Ontario, which is the dentist licensing body, changed their guidelines to reflect like a complete 180. For example... Our college says you need to have floor-to-ceiling walls and doors in all operatories where aerosols are being produced, Mm -hmm. whereas the doctors says, no, you don't need floors and walls. So practices and doctors were then reluctant to change the design of their practices from open concept to putting physical barriers in place to abide by the regulations of the different organization. Dental hygienists have to wear an N95 mask or equivalent for every procedure for every patient and a new one at -hmm. that, which the supply chain doesn't even help or doesn't even support. Um, But the dentist organization said that only someone that is tested positive for COVID needs to have a practitioner wearing an N95 mask. So as you can see, the the differentiation was significant. It wasn't like you wear a gown or you don't wear a gown or you wash your hands five times and I wash my hands three times. It was like to the construction of your practice. Um, And that was the divide here. So the problem is in Canada, and I'm not going to speak to the US because I don't speak, I don't live in the US, practice there. But in Canada, you've got two different types of of docs. You've got the docs that are owning the practices that are like, you know what, I'll do anything that I need to do to get you back into the practice, to get you working safely. I'll put up fake doors and little plastic wrap and uh, I'll get a HVAC unit that will filter out the air. I'll follow your fallow time because the doctor's fallow time is 15 minutes. Whereas we have to follow a chart by the CDC that can be up to three hours between patients, depending on the HVAC system. So there's a huge divide. And those docs, some docs are like, you know, what, I'll do whatever I have to do. And when the guidelines change, the guidelines change, we'll roll with it. And some of the doctors have been great and have even been following the CDHO guidelines because patients will wonder, well, doctors doing a filling and using a high speed and there's aerosols produced and they're only wearing a level three and no gown or barely a gown and then the hygienist in the other room who is using a cavatron has to have a cap a visor a gown an n95 so it looks different so some of the doctors have been cool and they've been doing it and then other doctors are like well no that's your college you deal with it 
And some of them are not providing the PPE for their teams. And team members don't have accounts with big distributors like Patterson or Shine or whatever. So they don't even know where to get their masks and stuff from. So that's the problem. And that's what's creating the divide here. So people, yes, might be not wanting to return to work. And they might not want to return to work because they don't have the right equipment to be able to do so. And then, yeah, there probably is a small percentage of them that are doing it for the wrong reasons. And it's summer and they don't have childcare and they want to stay home with their kids or they want to go to the lake house and they want to ride a boat. I mean, there's probably a whole different classification in that sense too. But if if we're talking about the people that want to return to work but can't, that's why. Mm-hmm. And I will say in tandem with that, and I, I love what Irene said, it, it's di- divided in the United States as well in that we have two different types of doctors. We have the doctors who have, by the way, like when COVID happened, like some doctors went completely radio silent. Like the teams did not hear from their doctors. They didn't know like furlough. Yes, no, we going back to work. We're not going back, you know? And so there was that. And then there was the other side of the coin where there were doctors that were like, Hey, like, I I, under, I can't keep you employed for your full like 32 to 40 hours. Um, can you write newsletters? Can you reach out to our patients that are vulnerable, susceptible patients and call them and just let them know like, hey, like the office is closed right now. We're not seeing patients. Are you okay? What's going on? You know, finding ways to like promote the practice on social media. And so we had a divide right when COVID happened where some doctors just kind of like crawled in a hole by themselves, dug their, you know, buried their head in the sands and didn't want to like be participative okay. and be leaders with their practice. Be kind in that sense. And I'm not saying you're not No, and, kind. I, and, I, and I, I get it. I get it. I, no, no, what you're saying is, is exactly- It's actually true. I mean, it really it's true. Is. I mean, the same see thing. It, like, see it from the other yeah. perspective too of like, you've been doing things a certain way for so long and all of a sudden the plug's being pulled and you've got all of these team members that are relying on you Absolutely. that have families to feed and bills to pay. Right. And then all of right. a sudden you can't help provide for totally. them anymore. I can only, at, at me, if this were me, if this were, if COVID happened a year after I opened my practice, I would be the person with the head in the sand because I would feel so inferior that I'm not able to help these people in but the time can't. that they need well, them. But, that's, but I don't you think can't do that. Tr- to be a leader you have to be I a leader know, if you own like, a business you own happens. a business sometimes you go into a dark place and you can't help oh really. no one and, no one and, is and, saying and that. that yeah no one's saying that i, totally I just think that. i think katrina is basically saying that in the end you are responsible for a lot of people so you have to give them something you can't right. just say right. i'm gonna say that but it happens like as soon as but, covid as soon as the shutdown happened like a weekend like allow people to process and right. allow yeah. totally, totally and i think what happened was two days after people were laid off they were going to facebook and they were blowing up the hygiene groups in Facebook and saying, my doctor hasn't called me in two days, in 48 okay. hours. Yeah. Like, your doctor's still trying to figure it out. And then that sets fuel to the fire for everyone so, else. I haven't heard from 100%. my doctor in 24 hours. You know so, what I mean? Like, it's my... No, I totally agree. So that, that, but that brings up my next point, which is we have two different types of hygienists as well. So the reality is, like, we had doctors that behaved one way. We had doctors that behaved another way. Then we had hygienists who behaved two very different ways. We did have, I mean, I, I will say like there were hygienists who did not hear from their doctors, but they were like, their main concern was like, I'm going to reach out to my doctor. And my first comment to my doctor is not going to be, why haven't I heard from you? And da, 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 It's going to be, what can I do to support you? I am a member of your team. How can I help you? Right. That is like one camp of hygienists. And then there is, to Irene's point, and thank you for bringing this up, the other camp of hygienists that are like, I haven't heard from you in 36 hours. What's happening? Like, why am I not getting paid? What's going on? And it's like, 
we, we needed to like create a next level of maturity when it comes to this. So to, to all of your points, like, yes, did the doctors need to recognize, like, I'm responsible for a team. I'm responsible for patients. Like, yes, I'm scared. I'm concerned. Irene mentioned earlier, like I did not get any business training. I'm, I'm concerned. What do I do? Like I need help 100%. And, and then on the hygienist side, like you I, I will say this, and and I hope that you believe this, like based on like what we've had a conversation about tonight, like you're not just a team member, like you are the other licensed provider in the practice. Those are your patients too. Mm-hmm. Like you have to take responsibility. The conversation is not like, why are am I not hearing from you? The conversation is like, I am here for you and I am involved in this. And so the conversation I think has gotten so muted because we've had so many mixes of like doctors that are doing the right thing, employing hygienists that are just there for a paycheck. And then doctors who, in in my opinion, and, and you can totally find, find me on social media. I don't care. Slide into my DMs if this bothers you. But there are doctors who are not doing the right thing. There right. are doctors who 100% from the very beginning, they don't do hand hygiene. They are They are not providing their teams with the right PPE. They are saying you are fine with a level one mask. Use your Cavatron, just do it. And I think that is negligent and disrespectful to your team when the CDC is saying that's not okay. And so there are doctors that are not doing the right thing. And you have hygienists who are studying and are so meticulous about what it is that they need to be doing to do right by the patient. And so you have these mismatched practice philosophies. You have these mismatched ideologies about how it is that we move forward from this. And the challenge becomes like, we, uh, to your point, Kyle, like, yes, there were lines in the sand that were drawn where it was doctor versus hygienist, but there were also other opportunities where hygienists were lifting their doctors up or doctors were going to their hygiene team and saying, listen, we have to scratch everything we know about infection control and I need your help. I need to look to you. I need you to build out an, a new infection control policy manual. I can pay you for six hours a week. Like, I just need your help. Let's do this together, right? And that's where I would love to have seen dentistry go, but it wasn't that way. What Irene said is exactly right. We went into a situation where hygienists were more insecure about what was going on. They didn't acknowledge that the doctors have their own stresses. They own their own businesses. They have so much responsibility going on. Like, And are we going to be a a solution to that problem or are we going to weigh on that problem even more? And so the challenge has become this. We as a community acknowledge in dentistry, for example, high volume evacuation with a Cavatron, that has been the standard of care since 2004. Pre-procedural mouth rinses with a Cavatron or any high high speed handpiece that doctor's using, that has been a standard of care since the early 2000s. Wearing personal protective equipment, wearing a level three ASTM mask with high aerosol generating procedures, those have all been the standard of care. Since eye pack and gowns for everyone, absolutely. not just hygiene. Have we been doing those things? And this is the dirty little secret in dentistry. Have we been doing those things? Most uh, of us have not. <laughs> I have. The specialists have. I agree. I, With I my all my assistants too. Like totally. what I have, you have. Like that's how we roll. Yeah. And that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. 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 But it's, but it's different. Have. The specialists are in a different situation because they practice at their standard of excellence that they've well, established. Well, because it's, it's, it's fail or accept. 
It's right. It's an implant integrates or it doesn't integrate. It's it's a case right. will completely fail tens of thousands of dollars if I don't maintain a certain level of sterility. I remember coming into the surgical op and my perio was old school and it would smell like bleach because they would bleach down the entire room <laughs> and we would roll out our towels with our instruments that were perfectly placed. Mm. It was mm-hmm. Old, mm-hmm. Like old school. He's right. in his seventies now. And he was old school back then. And I remember that level of sterility where you would not set foot into the operatory unless you were fully PPE'd. And right. Stuff. And so, all I absolutely. did, all well, I did, quote unquote, I'm using bunny ears, is scale during a flap. Well, right. Okay. But the thing is, that, and, and that, that I think like a high level, right? That, and it's a high level from the beginning. Right. And the thing is, and, but what does that teach the patient about your level of sterility? Right when they're observing that these are all the Never steps mind. I've looked for doctors that have come in to do recalls and not even put on a mask. Right. Like, can we elephant in the room? Right, like, right. I worked. I worked in an orthodontic practice where our orthodontist never. Well, that's not dentistry. A mask. No, that's right, not but all. never wore. Never wore <laughs> that, 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 we've established. We can all agree that ortho is and not we dentistry. Would, we yes. would slap the mask at them, or would like adjust a retainer. Would come in and adjust a holly and be holding like the wine guard, but never touch. Have one glove on or one glove that's, off or no gloves really. at all. Well, right. I'm surprised still, that the orthodontist had a hygienist. It's something that goes in the patient's mouth. I'm surprised that the orthodontist actually had a hygienist because that's my biggest. In Canada, in Canada, only hygienists can do ortho, not really? assistants. In the U.S., an EFTA can do ortho, but in yeah. Canada, assistants can't do ortho. So I worked in a practice mm-hmm. where the I would do everything from clean check to place attachments to remove attachments to fixed appliances, expanders, hollies, hosses, you name them. And, do you, and do you have no one, no one, no one else, no one else? Um, and did you put them on like a three month recall and stuff? So I wouldn't do hygiene in an ortho practice. It's it's no. like someone would refer to an ortho. It would be the general dentist. Can you dentist. imagine? Can you imagine in the United States if you had a bunch of hygienists doing all of what a an ortho assistant does? I probably There'd never no see uh, yeah, exactly. a, a referral for a patient in <laughs> ortho ever again. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. that's that's all we do. Well, okay. Well, let me ask. Okay, so do you guys? You think- need a different specialty and a designation. Like you can't just come out of school doing it. Like I have right. special training to do it, but um, but only yeah, an assistant can't do it. An assistant can take the impressions and can hand the doc stuff, but other than that, it's well. Let, let's let's talk about let's talk about what the government did or did not do, right? Because I felt like for the first month, March, there was a lot of confusion. Every day, something new was coming in and out, right? Mm-hmm, and I right. think that allowed us to kind of almost freeze, right? So if, if a dentist or a doctor was basically just frozen in place, it was because they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to say right. to anybody, and I think that that played a lot of uh, a big role in what was going on. Right. You see, mm-hmm. so that's another factor mm-hmm. that I think we have to and discuss. And it takes as well. time for everyone to learn that stuff. So a dentist is probably looking at a financial planner or their accountant to deliver mm-hmm. the information to them because as we mentioned before, dentists and dental people are not always business people right. unless they have an MBA. So it's it's like you're waiting for someone else to learn the information to then study your account to then relay the information to you. And I see this firsthand because my husband is an accountant and a financial planner. So all throughout March and April, he was glued to his computer because every single day a new piece of literature would come out mm-hmm. from our government and the banks about, you know, what are we doing with loans? Is there a deferral in interest rate? And landlords are coming out and saying, well, I'll defer the the base rent, but you'll still have to pay your TMI. Right. Like there are a lot of different things that were happening. And the people that are delivering the information, there's a delay, right? It's like you having a long distance 
conference call with someone on a really crappy network, like you'll hear a delay. And that was the delay that was happening in receiving the information. And then your accountant or financial planner has 14 or 15,000 other people that they need to deliver that information to as well. So March was crazy because no one knew what was happening and everyone was just trying to absorb and things were changing constantly, at least here in Canada. And the US, Um, yeah. And in the US, I think think our, our, um, and it's state by state as well. So every state in the US had (laughs) different, some states Mm -hmm. had no financial support from what I heard from some of my friends and colleagues Mm -hmm. and others did. And it was interesting because the states that had more cases were the ones that had no support and the ones that had the fewer cases did have support. I don't know. Initially. Leave it to the governing body of the U.S. to to figure that one out. But oh, um, we're spiking all over the place now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're mad. We're mad. We're back, baby. We're back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we are. We are number one. I don't know. I I qualify for some of the some of the like repayment stuff because my practice hadn't opened yet. Um, I mean, my landlord was really lovely and helpful and deferred some of my base rent but I still had to pay like my taxes maintenance and insurance and mm-hmm. obviously my ca- contractors wanted to get paid so that didn't help um but i mean well to a lot of people self-employed yeah and a lot of people didn't get paid and katrina and i both are speakers and we had a lot of speaking gigs that were canceled yeah. some of the biggest speaking gigs are in the summer right so no. we had a lot of those that were canceled and um mm-hmm. Well, what, yeah. what do we what do we do from here? Where, where do we go from here? Because I mean, we, one we've been talking for an hour and twenty seven minutes, and that's the longest <laughs> podcast we've See, ever. That's had. why my, oh, my screen has never gone out before on a podcast. <laughs> so we've been <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever we've been talking it's for a very sign. long time. It's, Gary, it's Gary's like, okay, my computer knows it's nighttime. Right. Yeah, yeah, Gary's computer is like, <laughs> it's, it's like rave time. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where, where, do, where do we go from here? Where do we as as dentists and hygienist like where do we go from here because we are truly we're supposed to be a team and and right now we are definitely split like you said based on fear based on not knowing what's going on based on just you know this is my my dentist doesn't treat me right or my hygienist is asking for too much like where do we go from here so i i'll take this one i think irene i'll take this sure um (laughs) you you volunteered yourself It'll be she has short. some thoughts too. She has some thoughts too. But so this this is how I see it. Um, the unfortunate thing is that there is a population of hygienists that I think um, have always kind of toyed with the idea that dental hygiene isn't their end all be all career. Mm. And I, I you see it at least here in the United States. You see hygienists that are like they come in one day and they're like, Doc, like I got my real estate license, and you're like, that's amazing. But you know that they, like they want something else. They like they they want to move on, and so for them, like I I hope for those hygienists that they acknowledge that that's an opportunity for them to explore something that like really is meaningful and impactful to them. In my opinion, where do we go from here? We need we need to create an open dialogue. We need to stop um, creating the situation. There's a lot of assuming that happens. And I will tell you this because when I speak and I deliver content, the hygienist will say, my doctor would never buy me new instruments. My doctor would never buy me a new Cavitron tip. My doctor would never this, my doctor would never that. Well, when I go in as a, a consultant or for our top referral practices, when I go in and I help, you know, optimize and train on the new AAP staging and grading, and I go through their kits and I'm like, doctor, like, do you realize like your hygienist, like the, the probing bars are like so processed that you can't even tell the different colors anymore. 
the doctors have no idea. And they're like, I, I had no idea. I was expecting my hygienist to like, let me know when they need new equipment. We hygienists have had this fear about having conversations with their doctors. And I think doctors have been expecting that the hygienists are going to come forward with these conversations because doctors are business owners and they're busy, not only like doing amazing dentistry, but then they have to like, I don't know, sign checks and like do all the other like business things that, you know, business owners do yeah. and hygienists. <laughs> I, you know, and I'll say Mur. like, and the hygienist, like, I hate to say it. And Irene and I both get it. Cause like, we know what this is like. This is your very first question that you asked us was like, how do you do all the things you do right. when you own a business? You don't like clock out and you're done. Like it, it just, you never clock out from your business, right? You're always working. And so for hygienists that are used to like, I show up, I do my job and I clock out. Like there's, there is a lack of, in my opinion, a lack of awareness of like, there's so many other things like you're taking calls on the weekend, like you're meeting with marketing people, you're like meeting with like your Facebook person who's going to do this and that. And, and so the challenge becomes like hygienists don't fully understand what a lot of that looks like. We can assume, but we don't know. And doctors on the other side of the table assume like you show up, you clock in, like you're not diagnosing perio, you're not utilizing fluoride varnish, I'm buying you this equipment, you're not using it. But we, we're we not having a conversation where we come together. I can't tell you how many times I go in as a consultant into practices and patients in different hygiene operatories are having different experiences. Oh, this hygienist loves to utilize fluoride. This Every patient that comes out of this hygienist operatory gets fluoride. This, this hygienist never diagnoses perio. This hygienist always recommends that the doctor places a, an occlusal guard. You know, I, we, we're not even calibrated in the same office. We're not even having a conversation about clinical paradigms, let alone philosophy of practice. It used to be for a long time, like if I went in and I interviewed for a position as a hygienist, it's like, do you have two hands? Do you have a dental hygiene license? Can you start in two weeks? Mm. Those were the three questions that I was asked. And that's how I got hired as a hygienist. We didn't have a conversation about like, what are your core values of your practice? What is your practice philosophy? We don't have those conversations. Maybe I do a working interview where I make sure that like, it's not a complete hot mess in the back. And then I'm like, yeah, sure. Like I'll accept you. You guys were black scrubs here. That's cool. I'll do that. And then we like move forward. Right. But like the reality is like, a lot of shimmying happening like over here. But I like it. Like it. I'm going to start talking like that. Yeah, black scrubs. Yeah. I'm liking that. But the reality, the reality becomes like we're not having a conversation about the, the deep things. Yeah. We're not pulling off the Band-Aid and saying like, hey, doc, like I told that patient that they needed SRP and you told the patient that it was just fine and just profi them like – can you talk to me about what that is and why that happened? And I want to calibrate with you and I want to make sure we're on the same page. Right. Hey doc, like I took these intraoral photos. You didn't even look at them. I brought them up to you in the, in the morning huddle. Like, can we have a conversation about this? Why are the docs not sitting down with a hygienist and saying, you know, I, I want to optimize our patient healthcare by doing X, Y, and Z. I've integrated these new technologies. I would love to work with you on, you know, creating this. The conversation is just not happening. We show up, we assume because we're all trained in dentistry, we have the letters after our names that we know what we need to be doing. And the reality is anybody who has a friendship or relationship, I'm a single loser, <laughs> so I don't have one, but, um, I have a great relationship with my dogs. So I will tell you this, like, we, you know, when you have a conversation or when you know 
how somebody's working, isn't that a lot better? It's a choreographed dance. Mm-hmm. Gary, you know, like when your assistants come in and they're like, boom, boom, boom. They like hand you the syringe, like, boom, oh, cap off. Let's shooters. go. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. Yeah. It's like, cha, cha, cha. And then you move on. Right. That's, like, cha, cha, that's, cha. that's what he does too. You have to have a choreographed that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag endo dance. Um, but, what, but what I mean is like, why that's did you five. not have that? You're at your limit, by the way, when I count how many hashtags you've used in a podcast for five, that's it. You can't use anymore. That's okay. All right. I'm, yeah. I'm done with my hashtags. You're meeting the sponsor limit. We need to have a conversation. And that conversation is not happening in practices nice. because the doctors don't want to upset the hygienist. The hygienists already assume that the doctor doesn't want to have the conversation. So nobody's talking about what's going on. And so what do we do? We go on social media and unload. And that's not the place to do it. Because at the end of the day, if you look at doctors and nurses, that's not happening in the doctor and nurse world. Like no nurse is going on like Dr. Jones in the surgical operatory. Da, 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 da. No, nurses are self-regulated and they feel respected. Right. Right. But that's, true. But that's a different doctors- situation. Well, no, Gary, Gary, what she's nurse- saying is what she's saying is true though, man. I mean, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, but, no, but, but it doesn't happen is- in that situation with doctors and nurses because uh, generally a nurse generally unless it's a nurse, yeah unless oh. it's a nurse practitioner they're not going to work oh, in a, a private office right. of a doctor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so sure. so you're not going to get that type of and, and, well well maybe or disconnect i should say well maybe that's, I, I that's a problem I, like she the the hygienist isn't looking at this practice as her practice as well they're looking at it as that's my boss so whatever he says goes and right. maybe that's the problem and the doctors are just like, I-, I just want everybody to be happy. And like, can the patients just like give us some good Yelp reviews? And like, can you refer like your friends that you really like? And like, can you show up for your appointments on time? And please wear a mask to your appointments. And great. You know what I mean? And, like, And pay before you leave. Oh yeah, and can you just pay? Can you just pay your bills, <laughs> yes. and then we're good. You know, and hygienists yeah. are like, and we're different. We're different, and and I think we all want the same thing. That's what's like so to me, like so crazy. We all want the same thing. If we would ask, like in a practice, like if you could get all of your patients to one hundred percent health, whatever that looks like in your practice, and every practice is going to be different. Kyle, you talked about that, like depending on your clientele, right? Like. What is 100% health for your clientele? Is that occlusal health, you know, oral cancer screening health, periodontal health, decay health, uh, preventive health, counseling health, nutritional counseling, tobacco cessation, like whatever that looks like, vital signs. But like, if you can get all your patients to 100% health, I think we all agree that we're all on the same page. We want our patients to be at 100% health. So where's the conversation at a, at a uh, loss? It's because we both have different ideas about how we can be contributors to that. And if we're not having that conversation, who's the one who suffers? The patient. The patient yeah. Okay. Irene, do you want to take us out? Mine's <laughs> going to be short and sweet. Um, <laughs> well, it's, it's too late now. We're, we're at, at, at an hour and 37 minutes. Yeah, so it really doesn't I, matter I think anymore. that the way that we get through this is that we all acknowledge that we've all been through this together in one way or form. Mm-hmm. And some of us deal with things more openly and other people deal with things more internally. Mental health issues in dentistry is at an all-time rise and mm-hmm. we don't talk about it as much as other professions do. So I think if we just lead with kindness a little bit and we lead with understanding and we take a moment to take a deep breath and really look at the type of person, understand the person that you work with, and how they react to things, 
um, then I think that we'll be able to get through this a little bit easier and a little bit better with um, less difficulty in our transitions as our guidelines continue to change. So if you just just be kind, I think that that's the best way and take a moment to really appreciate what we currently have. And if you do work for an awesome boss that's providing all of these things for you, like show that appreciation because getting in 95 masks is really hard hmm. and getting gowns is really hard. Yeah. And it's not something that happened overnight. Your boss probably was spending countless hours um, sourcing out from different companies and shipping from all over the world to try and get this stuff for you. And vice versa, if you were the hygienist on the other end that was trying to put together protocols, um, you know, I think that's appreciated too. So just be kind and mm-hmm. together we'll be able to get through it. Wow. I love that. That was a good way to end this. Um, mm. Ladies, thank you so much for coming on. Honestly, this was a lot of fun. We, we've learned a lot of hashtags. We've, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've, we've learned that we're all alcoholics. Uh, and we've learned a lot of hygiene and, and proper you know, uh, ways to treat our patients. And, and I think that's the most important thing. And we've learned that you know anybody... Uh, well, well, social media is horrible, but we should all just treat each other with kindness. Can we just sum it up mm. that way? Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. All absolutely. good. All good. All yeah. right. Well, thank the you, ladies. Golden rule. There you- <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, ladies. Honestly, this has been amazing. This has been awesome. Thanks so much. Thank if you. there's any hygienists out there that want to reach out to Katrina and I, yes. you can find our podcast at toothordare.podcast. You can find Katrina at the Dental Wine Genist, and I'm on Instagram at toothlife.irene. So if you have anything you want to voice or share before you start commenting into the public posts, let's have a discussion of it in private message. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's it. Absolutely. That's it. You should, everybody should listen to the podcast. Uh, Tooth or Dare is, is an awesome podcast, and it's a lot of entertainment. It's a lot of fun, as you guys can see. They're amazing, amazing ladies here. All right, Thanks, thank you guys. guys. We thank appreciate you. it. Thank you so much. Having hygienists on your show, we appreciate like you hearing us out too. So thank you. That's all good. <laughs> it's all thank-, good. thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R E A L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that. Our professional opinions, the final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.